In this episode of Own Your Business, we're going to talk about how to put pricing on your website so you don't scare away potential clients. You're going to get answers to questions like, do you put a pricing page in your main navigation? Do you mention your average or your starting at prices? Is the word investment really that helpful when trying to sell luxury? And seven other questions about pricing on your website. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Do you ever wonder what it's like to buy from one of your competitors? And, and I say competitors not to be competitive, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that they're competition in, in a negative sense where you want to go out and crush them. Although maybe you do, and if that's the case, you do you. But I just mean people that the couples that you go after are also considering. You call them comparables if you want to. People who are comparable to your business and the services that you offer, the same relative price points. So that's your comp set, right? So are you ever curious what your comp set is doing inside of their sales process? I think you got to be. But here's the thing. You can't go in and shop them pretending like you are an actual buyer. If you're not, if you're not interested in their wedding services, I don't think it's within the realm of ethics, at least my ethics, to create a new email address and go through and pretend like you are looking for some services that they offer without disclosing that you're not actually doing that. I got to tell you, 10 years ago, I came up with this interesting opportunity where I felt like I could actually do some of that shopping of our comp set, but not do it in a way where it made me feel like I was crossing my own ethical boundaries. That chance came when my cousin told me she was getting married and wanted to know if I could help. Of course I could. I'd be happy to shop for a venue. At the time, I was a venue manager, very knowledgeable about different places to get married and what kind of questions to ask. And so I thought I could be of great service for her and save her a lot of time and cut through a lot of the noise. And I did, ultimately. But along the way, I got a lot of interesting information about what it was like to shop for a venue as if I was a couple getting married. Now, again, going back to the ethics, I always introduced myself to the person who I was inquiring with that I was a cousin of the person who was getting married and that I worked in the wedding industry and was out trying to collect some information on her behalf. And that information proved really useful because I was able to learn about how other people were selling and how they presented their information and what that experience was like for a couple that was looking at picking a venue. Some of the information was so helpful that I found out we were actually really well priced in our market. Now, I worked for a regional destination. So in the Pacific Northwest, when you're looking for a destination that's somewhere outside of the city, there are only a dozen or so places that were comparable to us. What I found out, what I discovered in my research was that we were actually really well priced 
on the lower end of the spectrum, especially when it came to our food and beverage. We were somewhere in the mid 50s for our starting at menu price. One of the things that I thought would be really helpful is announcing that, showcasing that affordability, that relative affordability on our website. So I went through and I made one change in December of that year. Throughout the entire website, the only thing that was different between that year and the year before was putting a starting at price for our menu, how much our food started at. And, and I knew that that was a competitive advantage for our business compared to the comparable resorts that we were working against. So I thought, okay, I'm going to put this out there. Couples who are shopping right now for venues right during engagement season in January are going to see that our menus are relatively less expensive, more affordable than the other resorts that they could be considering. So January went along and it was kind of slow. We weren't getting as many inquiries as I had hoped. As the weeks went along, I got really nervous. And so I went in, took a look at the analytics. And here's what I found. We only got 40 inquiries that month. Now, I know for many of you, you would think 40 inquiries was great. And, and 40 inquiries is, yes, pretty good. But the year before, we had 140 inquiries. The only change that I had made was putting our starting at price, which I knew was competitively advantageous to us on the website. And we lost a hundred wedding inquiries. I quickly took away the price when I saw the impact after one month of having it on there and made up most of the losses in February and March. So it wasn't a complete catastrophe, but it was such a valuable lesson on the power of pricing on a website. When you're selling something that people are unfamiliar with, the more you talk about pricing, the more it scares them. Pricing is processed just like any other loss, which is pain. And we, of course, want to keep pain out of the conversation when we're talking with couples who are potentially buying our services. I'm going to go through and I'm going to share with you some of the questions that I get about pricing on website. I've been out of the venue selling game for a while now. And over the last half decade in working with wedding professionals across the country, I have heard a ton of questions about pricing specifically on your website. And what I want to do is I want to go through some of those questions and share some insights that I think will provide better background on how you can make some decisions that will help couples get through your site and your contact form and into your inbox. Because ultimately, that's what we want to see more of in the next few months as we move through booking season. So here are some do's and don'ts. Question number one, should I call my pricing page investment or pricing? Okay, this is a trick question because you shouldn't actually have an entire page dedicated to pricing on your site. I don't care what you call it. And you certainly don't want to put a link to anything related to pricing in your main navigation. The primary menu on the main navigation, it's like a magnet for couples' eyes. Within microseconds, they're going to move their way there once they land on your site. And do you really want them paying immediate attention to the thousands of dollars that you're asking them to spend? Even if your clients have money, they don't want to read an entire page about how much something costs. The brain processes costs as a potential loss. Losses are experienced as pain. So the more you talk about pricing, the more loss and pain your site visitors feel. So don't spend a lot of time on it. 
And certainly don't do it too early as they're visiting your page, visiting your site. You need to build up desire and value for your services rather than share pricing with them immediately. Another question that I get is, so I'm not going to put it on a page. Should I put it on your site at all? Yeah, absolutely. When couples start searching for a wedding vendor, they have no idea what things cost and they don't know what they're going to get for their money. So when they're scouring your site and other people's, they need to know both of these things in order to evaluate what's a good value for them. Remember, they've never bought this kind of service before, so they're simply trying to familiarize themselves with how much things cost. But the key is not to get too detailed about it. The more specifics and the greater detail you share, the less likely you are to get an inquiry because you've already answered all the questions that are on their mind. Couples don't know what they need to know. And so when you check off that list, one of the things that they know that they need to know, pricing, they may run out of other questions, and that means you're not going to get the inquiry. Okay, so if we're sharing pricing, how do you share it? Should you use average, starting at, a range, something else? My recommendation is to use starting at. It's the best way to let couples know what to expect. If they take the next step and inquire, you want them to know this is the minimum amount of money that they're going to spend. If you talk about a range, it can be problematic. The biggest reason is that they may see that higher number and it may turn them off. Because they think, wow, it could get that expensive. I don't know if I'm in for it. If you mention the average price, many couples will increase the number that they expect to spend. Because they don't want to think about themselves as average. So they're going to put a number that's higher than that number that you list. And so all of a sudden, we're really far away from that that minimum number, that foot in the door. So starting out, it's a good way to anchor that smaller number in the buyer's mind when they're comfortable with and something that they'll think about as they move through the purchase process. Okay, here's another question. What number should I use for my starting at price? Use the price for the service that you offer that provides the kind of experience or result that they see in your portfolio and the other marketing material. It's important not to imply that you can do over-the-top work for the minimum price. If you do, you'll end up losing trust before you ever get the chance to build that value that's so important. Ultimately, it's a waste of their time and yours if you are overpromising what it is that you can do for that price point. The number should be high enough to ensure you're not dealing with inquiries from people who can't afford your services, though. You want to make sure that you're balancing that. So not too high, but low enough for couples who might be willing to stretch or even splurge on your services. A quick note on language when we're thinking about starting at prices, and I see this a lot from bigger companies that do a lot of volume, caterers, floral designers, venues, they use the word minimum. Our minimum is this. One of the things about the minimum is that it's kind of a negative word. And instead of using that negative word of minimum, we want to use a positive word like starting at. All right, another question. What if I offer a range of services at different price points? If this is your situation, find the two or three most common options and then offer a starting at price for each. For example, if you're a photographer and you do traditional wedding coverage or elopement coverage, describe your services for each, the traditional or the elopement, and then put a starting at price at the bottom of each one of those sections. If you're a planner, 
and you do event management and full service planning right about each on your services page and then put a starting at price underneath each. If you're stationer and you do stock printing as well as custom design, describe the differences and put a starting at price for both. All right, here's another question that I get. Investment or pricing? Do you use the word investment or do you just use some version of pricing or fee? I like pricing. I like the idea of seeing the expense that this couple is using towards their wedding as a payment toward a lifetime of pleasure, joy, memories, reminiscing, whatever it may be. But the simple truth is most young people, in fact, most people tend not to invest in themselves very much, even if they know that it's important. Humans focus on short-term pleasure, not long-term investments. We make irrational, emotional decisions rather than logical, thoughtful ones. It's the same reason that most people don't save enough money for retirement. It's why one-third of all adults in the U.S. never floss their teeth. How gross is that? They won't even take the time to invest in having something like their teeth for their entire lifetime. And it's also why we'd rather eat ice cream rather than work out of the gym. It's why we'd rather sit and watch Netflix than work out of the gym. We are not willing to invest a little bit of time in doing something that we don't like in a long-term gain that we know is going to be helpful for our lives. I'm not saying that you should avoid talking about pricing with your future clients, but don't trip them up and get them out of that emotional autopilot that you want them in during that buying experience by talking about investments. Investments are something that require logical, rational thinking. All right, number seven, where do I put pricing out on my website? So we're, we're using pricing, not investments. We're not doing an entire page. We're using starting at, so where do we put it? On the services page, near the bottom, and surrounded by reassuring testimonials. The services page is where you talk about how clients benefit from your services. It's where you build value with all the incredible things you do for your couples. And here's the thing, and this is really sad. Many, maybe even most wedding pros, don't have a page sharing this important information. So if this is you, you have got to get a services page. On this page, after you list out all the benefits of hiring you over other people in your comp set, simply put your starting at price under the body copy. So headline, body copy, crossheads, body copy, crossheads, body copy, images, all those things. At the very bottom of the page, where people are very likely to skim to, at least on their first go through, that's where you want to put the starting at price. As you're going through and thinking about how to process that negative feeling that you've created with mentioning price, right? Because price is, is processed as a loss. You want to bring them back to neutral, even positive with a testimonial from the client. So you're going to put the price and then you're going to put a call to action. And then underneath that, you're going to put a testimonial. Now, here's the thing. You can get bonus points for picking a line out of a testimonial that showcases the value that you give to your client. Something about how the quality of the service or how they would have gladly paid twice as much or, or more had they known earlier on how valuable it would be for the wedding. All you need is a couple of these from testimonials and you can sprinkle them in to the website specifically around pricing. All right, here's another question I get. Can I put information about pricing on my contact page? Yes, you can. However, if you do that, it is likely to severely limit the number of people who inquire. The more you mention pricing earlier in the buyer's journey, the fewer inquiries you'll get. 
For those of you who only have a few dates to fill or only work with select clients, this might be your goal. You may want to limit the number of people who inquire to only those who are very, very pre-qualified for the services. If you have high demand, a low supply available, you need to qualify those clients before they get to your inbox. If this is the case, I would suggest starting with pricing on the services page and only move to your contact page if you're still getting swamped with price shoppers. You could put it directly on your contact page, but I'd be really careful before you move to that right away. If you do put pricing information on your contact page, don't ask for their budget in your form. Most couples either don't know or don't have a fixed amount that they're willing to spend on a particular vendor category, so they'll just guess or maybe even toss out a low number. And when they put out that low number, it becomes anchored in their minds as the number that they're trying to hit. And that could stall out your negotiations. So instead, ask for a higher number and something that they know. And that's going to be what their total budget is. This way, you're both working towards a bigger amount and something that they're going to be more familiar with. All right, here's one more question. Can't I just put packages and pricing on my website? You could do that. But like putting pricing on your contact page, you're likely to see less inquiries. You're going to book less. And if you do that, you're going to do it at lower prices. People who are getting married don't know what they're doing during the wedding planning process. Even if they have a planner, it's overwhelmingly new. It's overwhelmingly difficult to understand the differences between vendors, services, and what people are charging. The more you charge for your services, the more value and the more trust you have to build. So you can't give them the pricing too early because you haven't had the opportunity to build the value, to build the trust. If a client was spending 50 bucks on your services, yeah, you could put everything online, all your pricing, all your packages, automate the experience, but they're not. They're spending 500, 5,000, 15,000, maybe more with you. The more you charge, the more value and the more trust you've got to create for them to feel confident choosing not just your services, but any of the other things that you're going to talk to them about later on in the service process. Okay, last question. Do any of these recommendations change if you are in luxury compared to, say, mid-market or premium? Nope, not really. Affluent buyers still like to spend money on short-term indulgences, much more so than they do long-term investments. In fact, they don't spend as much time thinking about price because budget's not a huge priority, and they certainly don't want to read an entire page about it. However, they do want to know what they get from your services and how their emotions will be fulfilled by what you do. So go big on the services page. The important consideration to make in the luxury space is whether or not to list your starting out prices on the website. Here's the thing. Even high net worth individuals might get sticker shock from super high prices because they've never bought wedding services before. When they see $15,000 for photography, or you're going to charge them 18% of the budget for planning services, or $20,000 minimum for paper goods, that's a lot to swallow when you're first getting started. The majority of couples who are spending $100,000 or more on their wedding will have a planner guiding them through much of the experience. But the days of a planner's little black book being the only vendor resource, long gone. Many couples in the luxury space do research and get inspired long before they pick a planner who can put a realistic budget in place. If these couples land on your site early on without any guidance from a planner, big numbers may scare them away before they ever get started with you. As always, your audience will tell you what to do when it comes to pricing. So if you're in the luxury space, I'd recommend begin 
by following the general best practice of putting a starting at price on your services page. If you aren't getting enough inquiries, try removing it. But if you are getting too many inquiries and they're unqualified, move the starting at price to the contact page. If you're still getting too many inquiries, create an inquiry response landing page that you can link to with more information about hiring you, including more specifics about your pricing. The key is to pay attention to your audience's behavior and then make shifts in your tactics. I hope that you take these insights that I've offered specifically for pricing on your website and think about what kind of impact they're going to have on people who are looking at your website in the upcoming weeks and months, especially during booking season. Remember, for most of you, the goal is to get more inquiries. It's not to share all of the information. You're doing all this great work to put out the content that's going to pique their interest and get them to inquire. But all it takes, like I learned a decade ago, is one simple mistake when it comes to pricing on the website. And all of those good things that you did are for naught. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 